I just wondered what it would be like to be a shepherd out there that night. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appears and tells us about Jesus. And then there's the whole sky lit up. But let's read the story and then uh, I have some, we want to we uh, go through it and, and open it up. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 1, Luke 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angels, then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come, that has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. They came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, <clears throat> they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Lord, as we open up the scripture, I, I ask for your Holy Spirit First of all, to give us the accurate and, and, and the, the true account in, a, in, in, this, in this passage, Lord, that as we, we would look into it, Father, we would be willing to look past some of the things we take for granted and look at the truth. I pray that also, Lord, you would take these truths and apply them. Lord, as we come before you, we realize it is today as uh, necessary to worship before you and to see Christ for who he is and to worship him as Lord and King. And so we ask today that you would do this in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I'll entitle this, God's Glory Revealed at Jesus' Birth. And we want to look at, at this in three headings. First of all, I'd like to look at the humble setting and difficult circumstances. And secondly, we'd like to look at the holy revelation and glorious illumination. Thirdly, I'd like to look at holy and heartfelt worship. So let's, uh, let's begin. We have a humble and difficult circumstance. Jesus Christ was not born in a palace. He was not born in a posh place where everything was handed to his parents or to him. But rather, it was in a difficult time in Israel. And we first find that this were, there were many national and political insecurities. This was in the day when the decree went out from Caesar Augustus. This would have been Octavius, uh, who, would have, who would have been the, the emperor in Rome. And he decreed that all his realm, all the world then, should be registered. Now, I think the old King James says taxed. Is that right? It was a... It was the technical term is registered, but it was part of the taxation process. They, they taxed per head. So they wanted to know how many people they had in this place. And so by going, uh, Joseph was, was saying it was him and it was Mary and it was their little son. And they would be taxed for, for, the, for the three of them. The... Uh, it was, in a, in a way, Rome's uh, way of imposing heavier taxes on the people. It, it was a difficult time because the Jews, in their understanding, believed that the Messiah was coming, but they also believed that they were to be a nation that God would bless and God would give them the strength to stand up and, and to be the dominant nation of the world as it was in David's time. And that Jesus, as the son of David, would sit on the throne and rule in Israel. And as we know, this was not that kind of place. Uh, they were actually under the rule of another, of another country, of a godless society, if you please. And this had a disheartening effect on many of them. They were, they were discouraged when they looked at the national scene. There was, there was really no, no possibility of them having their freedom or, or them completely being what they felt like God was calling them to be as a nation. Well, God wasn't scared to send His Son into that situation. In fact, God created the necessary means here. We're going to see this. God created the necessary means for His Word to be fulfilled in this situation. I think this is something that we need to take to heart even today as we look at our political scene. We don't have, we don't have any hope here when we look at politics or when we look at government or when we look at, at how the world is, the, the direction the world is headed. There's no hope for us here. In fact, as we look at the national scene, evil creeps in and becomes greater and greater and greater. There are things that 10 years ago were despicable. 
that today are commonly embraced by our government. And God is, God is not scared of this. You know, God's not, God's not defeated because the government's going the wrong direction. In fact, we will find here that this set the stage for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. Notice that Joseph, in verse 4, went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to be taxed or to be registered in Bethlehem. And so how does God get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem? Because he said that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. How does he do that? Well, he, he brings about a, a Roman emperor that says, everybody's got to come to their home, hometown to be taxed. And because they were of the house and lineage of David, they were to be taxed. Joseph and Mary were both a descendants of David. It's interesting to note, Luke gives one side of the, of, of the lineage. Matthew gives the other. And in Matthew's lineage, it is the lineage of Joseph. He gives the, the kingly line. Joseph would have come through Solomon. And the kings of Israel, he would have been, he'd have been in line to be, uh, this would have been the, the, the royal line, if you please. Mary was a son of, was, I mean, was a, was a descendant of David's son, Nathan. And so both were descendants, but however you understand, Joseph was not Jesus' biological father. Jesus was born of a virgin conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit created the baby in the womb. And so, in this, in this passage, we, we find Joseph here, and he's not the biological father. And so, Joseph is, is a godly man. Uh, he is a compassionate man. And we see him being, uh, being very much uh, the one God has chosen to be the, the father in the home where Jesus would, would grow up. You believe that God is in full control this morning, even though in the, amongst the nations, the darkest place seems to be coming yet in the future. You know, it's on the darkest stage that God sets to reveal His glory. And it was no different to, it's no different today than what it was there. Well, secondly, in these humble and difficult circumstances, there was an emotional and mental stress and strain in, with Joseph and Mary. Mary is with child as they journey to Bethlehem. This command comes while Mary is, is carrying this child, and they have to stay in Bethlehem for a time. They have already had the emotional strain of dealing with the fact that they were not married. They had not, they had not come together in marriage, and she was found with child. In fact, we find in Luke one twenty eight, 
through 35. We're not going to take the time to go there, but if you will read it, you will find that, again, that, that when God comes to Mary, or when the angel comes to Mary, and he says, uh, blessed are you, uh, you're highly favored of the Lord. It troubled her. It, 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 it kind of upset her. He said, because he went on to say, don't be afraid because God has chosen you. Now, he didn't say, Mary, we would like to know if you would want to do this. He didn't say, I think you would do well at being the mother of Jesus. Or, or I, I think that you, you would line up to do this and, and it, would be, it should be your job. What do you think? He said, no, you are. You are the one chosen by God. And, and this, is the, this is the amazing thing because when God works, He chooses because He's in control. And, but He does so with grace and love. And so when He says this, thing that, this, this child that is to be born of you is going to be the Son of, is the son of God. And, and Mary just simply said, let it be. Behold your handmaiden. Here's your servant. Let, let it be as you say. Do you realize what she was saying? You realize that when she said this, she said, I'm okay with being possibly never marrying Joseph. Possibly being rejected by family. If it had been the old law, she'd have been stoned. Somehow between the old law in, 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 in the books, books of Moses and this time, they, they gave room in their, in their laws to put her away. Joseph wanted, would have wanted to put her away privately. He wanted to do it right, but he wanted to do it in a way that would not shame her. Joseph also had to deal with this. Uh, in Matthew 1, verses 18 through 20, we find here where he was minded to, to, to do this, and the angel of the Lord came to him in dreams and said, Joseph, don't, don't be afraid. You have that again. Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, to, your, uh, to you. This which has, been, which, has been brought in, which has been wrought in her is of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph took her to his house, but they did not, they were not, they did not consummate the marriage till after Jesus was born. This, so this would have brought to them actually great shame in their culture. They would have been outcasts, somewhat of a secondary, on secondary level to a lot of people. So they had this to deal with. This all came about. <clears throat> with Mary giving birth while they're away from home. Now, let's note what it says here, because sometimes our society gets these things messed up. Okay, it says, so, while, so it was, verse 6, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Well, first thing, most, most of the little storybooks today tell you that he was born in a stable. It doesn't say a stable. So I don't know what to say. Some people think possibly a cave. 
And in that cave was hollowed out a place for a feed trough. But nonetheless, a manger was a feed trough. It was a place where the cattle ate their food, or the sheep ate their food. And so they, were, they didn't have anything else, so that's what they put him in. That was his crib. That was his cradle. They were not able to be in the inn because there was no room. Meaning that there was probably other people that were there at the same time to, to, be, to be registered as well. And so the places were all full. And we notice even the shepherds, we notice the humble nature in which, which they lived. The shepherds, in verse 8, were out in the fields. They were living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. This was, the life of a shepherd was a lowly life. It was a thankless job. It was a job, they were somewhat looked down upon by especially the, the, the elites of the day. And so, when we're, when we're talking here about these people, we're not talking about the rich. We're not talking about the wealthy. We're not talking about the, the educated. We're not talking about those who were going to make an impression on the world by their, by their lives. In fact, in, verse, in, in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31, I'm not going to take time to go there. But if you would read that, he says that God did not choose the wise. He did not choose the noble. He did not choose the mighty. But He chose the poor of this world. He chose those who are weak. He chose those who are not highly educated. That he, they may confound that which is wise, that all glory may go to God. And so God is about to display His glory in this humble, set, in this humble setting and in these difficult circumstances. He wants no flesh to glory in His presence. But He wants us to recognize that all that we have, all that we are, comes from Him. And all glory must go to Him. I want to ask you this morning, are you, are you willing to acknowledge this morning that Christ as Christ was born in a, in a humble setting, that God will also continue to reveal His glory amongst the humble, amongst the lowly. We look at the rich people, we look at the famous people, we look at the powerful people, we look at the wise people, the smart people, the educated ones, we look up to them. Listen, God has chosen that faithful, humble, poor people are where he will reveal himself. Now, doesn't mean that someone who has education and power and might cannot come to, to the kingdom. They, yes, they, they have and they can. And God has used very, very powerful people and very educated people in his kingdom and he's done mighty works with them. But I believe that ultimately... If, you're, if that person is educated, if he's powerful, if he's mighty, if he's, if he's uh, brilliant, if he has a way of making things happen, he needs to come to the place where he's humbled before Almighty God. And that's what, and that's simply where even, even in Joseph and Mary, their situation, they were humble before God.
They said, whatever it is, Lord, that you want from us is what we want. I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to let God reveal his glory through your life? Even in bringing you to humility in this way. It's the way Christ came into the world. It's the way Christ works. It's how he brings about transformation in his people. Well, secondly, let's look at the, the, the revel, holy revelation and glorious illumination. They're out there in the, in, the, in the fields with their flocks, the shepherds are. In verse 9, see, the scene has switched from Joseph and Mary to the shepherds. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. What does he mean by the glory of the Lord shone round about them? I mean, here they are, it's dark at night, and suddenly an angel is standing there. I mean, that will startle anybody. But the glory of the Lord, it says, shone round about them. What, what does he mean by this? Well, number one, the word glory here is the word doxa. The word doxa is means the splendor and the outshining. The splendor here would be the splendor and the outshining of God shown around them. In fact, Moses asked to see God's face, and God said, I'm going to let you see the glory, the back part, what comes behind me, what's the outshining of me, but you cannot see my face and live. So what these men saw this morning, what these men saw here that night, was something similar to what Moses beheld when he was on the mountain with God. In, in Exodus 30, verse 30, I'm sorry, in Exodus 40, verse 34, he says, The cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Israel knew what it meant for the glory of the Lord to come. They understood from history that God walked with His people through the wilderness and His glory would come and would abide in their midst. And that was the thing they longed for. When you go into the book of Ezekiel, you find where that they had sinned and their, and their sins had been hidden and were starting to come out. And God said, I'm going to put an end to this type of worship. And He removed His glory his presence from the temple. And it was the saddest day of that time when God removed His presence from the temple. In Exodus 24, verse 17, it says, The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. When God gave His Ten Commandments, the glory of the Lord came down upon that mountain. And it was a fearful sight. The word, the Hebrew word for glory is kabod. Kabod. And it means a heaviness. A, 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 like a mantle or a blanket of glory. That there's a presence in this light. That there's a, there's a being who's, who resides in this light. And it's not, just, it's not just a light of any old kind, 
But there is a presence there that is, is the presence of God Himself. This is where God chose to reveal His glory. It was to these shepherds out there in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. This was a sign that God is here and God is bringing the message through His angel. The normal reaction is fear. The normal reaction to this is just absolute terror. Even as the angel appeared to Mary, she was troubled. When the angel appeared to Zacharias and he was back there doing the work of the priestly work, he was afraid. When, 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 the, when the angel spoke to Joseph, you know, there's, 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 this, there's this fear that, that gripped their hearts because God is here. And if there's one thing that, that will make you more afraid of, of, the, of the, that will make you more afraid than anything else on the face of the earth, any tornado, any fire, any dangerous person, it's the presence of God. There's a fear that comes with the presence of God. That's part of the heaviness. But it's also a joy. Even though there was a fear, what does he say? He says his first words were, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. This was tidings that would, that would bring them Joy in their hearts. It was tidings that would illuminate their path. They, had, they lived in a dark world. They lived in a dark place. And this was going to bring joy to their hearts. You know, we often sing these songs. And I was reminded, Brother Enos and Charlotte took us on a, to, to watch uh, a movie about... Um, Longfellow, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And, and some of the struggles he went through and how that he was writing that, that famous poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And sometimes we look at these, even these stories of Christ, and, and it's just, you know, it kind of rolls off our tongue, sounds good. But when we look at the truth, we ask ourselves, if light has come into the world, why the darkness? Why the darkness? And that's what Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was dealing with. Folks, that's what these people were dealing with. Nothing seemed to be right until Christ came. And yet, even as Christ has come and gone, so much seems to be wrong in this world. Listen, we live in a fallen world. This is not the end. You know, he came to the point where he said, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. And as I was reading this passage, I had to think about what lay ahead of Christ yet. While they said, peace on earth, goodwill to men. The cross is still ahead. Some of the darkest days in history are still ahead. 
some of the greatest evil still lies ahead. And yet that doesn't change the message that God is bringing peace on earth, goodwill to man. And it's God's prerogative to do this. And so what did they do? What do we find here? He says, there was suddenly filled the sky, there was filled, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So when it was, so it was when the angel had gone away from them to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. I want to ask you this morning, do you receive the news of Christ with great joy? Do you receive it as God gives it? Not everybody in history has received the news of Christ with great joy. Herod hated Christ. The Jews were indifferent to Christ until he, he until at last they finally hated him as well. And so I want to ask you this morning, do the, does the good news of the gospel bring joy to your heart? It is the news of joy. It is the story of joy. To those who would not believe, Jesus is an offense. First Peter says he's a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. But to those who believe, he's the power of God and the wisdom of God. Well, let's look at the last part <clears throat> quickly. The holy and heartfelt worship. First of all, I want to notice the sense of urgency. These men said, let us go now. Not, hey, we ought to go check that out sometime. Or it'd be nice to see where that happened. Or, hey, hey I'd like to meet this Jesus sometime. No. <laughs> All this happened. I've got to go see him now. I've got to go worship him now. We're, we're going we're to drop everything and run. This revelation was more than a message of just transferring some information. Although, he transferred information as well. This revelation of God was them seeing His, his glory, and it produced them, in them an urgent need to worship now. Listen, friends, if Christ is just a story, if Christ is just words on the page, or if He is just an event in history, and you don't see the glory of God, you won't worship. It's, it's when we see the glory of God revealed in Christ Jesus that we say, I've got to worship and I've got to worship now. I've got to give Him all glory now. There's an urgency that comes about because our hearts get full of the glory of God. They had their theology right. They were going to worship Christ. They were going to worship the baby, not the parents, not the manger, not whoever else was around. 
they're going to worship Christ. They had their theology right because their faith, because they had their faith in what God said. They believed what God told them through the angel. Notice that. There was no lingering. They came with haste, in verse 16. And they obeyed, they, they, they took the, the instructions that were given them and followed them. And they came to Christ. Friends, we've been given instructions. We've been given His Word. It's a revelation of God to us. He's given His glory encased in this Word. And when, and when the glory of God comes, up, comes upon you, when He gives you the ability to see Christ on the, on his, in His Word, you too will want to come and worship Him also. You'll want to find that place of worship before Him. Notice they received it as from God. Verse 16, verse 15. Which the Lord has made known to us. They said, this is from God. They believed it because it was from God. Number two, they received Jesus as the Messiah sent from God. Notice verse 11. The angel said, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. And when they came, they worshipped the child. Thirdly, they received the instructions that the, that the angels gave them, and they followed these instructions. Well, not only was there an urgency to worship, notice the sincerity of their worship. Notice the sincerity of their worship. Now, in verse, in verse, in verse uh, 16, they came with haste. They weren't just talking. They weren't, there wasn't, these weren't just words. They found... Mary and Joseph, they found the babe lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they made widely known saying which, the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard, that, who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Number one, they were compelled, first of all, to give God the glory. This was given to them from God. But number two, they were unashamed. And that's in verse 20, by the way. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. They were compelled to give God glory. This wasn't something they did. It wasn't something they conjured up. God revealed himself to them. Secondly, they weren't ashamed in verse 18. They boldly proclaimed everything to everyone they could. Number three, they continued to worship even as they went back to their sheep in verse 20. It says that when they returned, they came back glorifying and praising God. I want to ask you this morning, where is your joy? What gives you joy? Whatever it is that you love you're unashamed to talk about it and 
too many times the things that we love to talk about are things of this earth. But I want to ask you this morning, are you before God unashamed to worship Him? If you are unashamed to worship God in His presence, are you unashamed then to speak of Him before others? You see, the worship of God is giving glory to Him. It's saying, this is who God is. This is the outshining of God. This is the, what the presence of God has brought to us. Can you say you belong to Him if you don't glorify Him? And you won't truly worship Him? Do you really belong to Him? If it's just to take it or leave it, or you're just nonchalant or uncaring about it, do you belong to Him? You see, those who belong to Him have seen His glory, and they beheld they beheld His glory, and they went to His Word, and they found it to be true. And thus, the glory of God resides in them. You see, when Paul talks about, about us coming to faith in Jesus Christ, says that He has shined the light of the glory of God on the face of Jesus Christ in our hearts. It's a shining of God's light on Jesus Christ, revealing His glory, and He does it in here. And brothers and sisters, if He does it in here, the world can't stop it. It must come out. We must glorify Him. That's what we're here for. Well, this record was given to us for two reasons. Number one, that we may know salvation is by God, it's for God, and it's from God. Christ came from God. He was brought to this earth by God, and it was for the glory of God. We must understand that. That's why the shepherds got their theology right, because they realized this was of God and no one else. The rich blessings that we have through the riches of His grace, they're they're from Him. The second reason is that we may freely give Him all glory for His mercy to mankind in Jesus Christ. That we can give Him glory for the good news, the good tidings of great joy. The goodwill toward men. That we can give Him glory for being good to us. You see, God in this earth, in this world, has been, His name has been darkened. His, his name has been tromped on. It's been spit upon. It's hated. He is hated in this world. When the glory of God fills our hearts, we go against, we go Take this to the world that hates Him. 
We say, this is who God is. He loved us. He saved us from our fallen state. He's redeemed us. He's given us His glory. May we marvel and worship God with all our being. May we be just sold out to worship Him. Because it all comes from Him. To Him alone be all the glory. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You today for the wisdom and riches of Your Word and of Jesus Christ. The glory that has accompanied His coming. And thank You, Lord, that He has brought many sons to glory and is still bringing many sons to glory. And I just pray, Lord, today, shine the light of your glory upon the face of Jesus Christ in more hearts. That that we may come come to, to bring those whom you are calling to yourself. Lord, I ask today that for those of us who've neglected our understanding of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you would wake us up. That in this day we would be willing to lay everything aside for him. We ask this in your name. And may you go with us and keep us and may your glory continue to shine upon our faces. In Jesus' name, amen.